you are the podcast master. You know, Red Stegall said, Rodeo, you're a part of America. And today I get an opportunity to talk to two guys that truly understand how true that is. Coming to you once again from the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. We are at Cowboy Christmas upstairs at the Las Vegas Convention Center, smack dab in the middle of the Rule Cloth booth. So a big shout out to our friends at Rule Cloth. Check them out, rulecloth.com or on Instagram at Rule Cloth USA, but I told you it's a couple of guys that understand how important rodeo, bull riding, western sports, all of it is to the the fiber of our great nation. I'm talking about Matt Sharping, the man behind Phenom Genetics, bulls like Magic Train, like High Test, guys that introduced us to bulls like Airtime and uh, brought Jared Allen's pro bull team into the fold. And another guy, Wade Sankey, Sankey Pro Rodeo, synonymous with the world of Western sports, a guy that's no stranger to the National Finals Rodeo, who is now the driving force of Sankey Pro Rodeo, two guys that have came together to, uh, I, I really do believe, make rodeo even better than it has been for the the eons of time that we've been fans of, of Pro Rodeo. So it's pretty cool. Matt Sharpman's a guy that I have done – Oh, countless backstage tours, countless VIP tours, um, had millions of conversations, just like the one you're going to hear today, uh, back behind the scenes and talked about animal welfare. We've talked about, you know, how big this sport can continue to grow. The, the elements that we believe could help this sport grow and get even bigger. And to sit down with a guy like Wade Sankey, who has rodeo in his blood, who comes from a rodeo family, knows the under and understands the the history and the pride that comes with Western sports, plus also understands that, you know what? At the end of the day, we in rodeo, we've got a lot of ground to cover and we've got a lot of eyeballs to reach out to so uh really excited about the conversation that you're going to hear between these two guys um in this episode of the podcast as i told you we're doing 10 episodes in 10 days in honor of the wrangler national finals rodeo in las vegas if you're coming out to las vegas stop by the rule cloth booth that's where we record these podcasts and if you don't make it to cowboy christmas that's fine come party with us at the mirage you know we do rodeo vegas each and every night during the national finals rodeo watching the rodeo there on the big screens and then live music every single night had casey donahue we've had easton corbin we had mitchell tenpenny been a ton of fun i'm co-hosting with dale brisby by the way so uh if you're in town come by see us and hang out for a little bit hope you guys are enjoying the podcast during this 10-day run i've gotten a lot of feedback and i appreciate all the messages i appreciate all the shout outs all the screenshots again as always encourage you to hit that subscribe button uh drop down there leave us a review um and you know leave us a comment let us know what you like what you don't like still got a little time hit me up on social media and let me know if there's somebody out here in the national finals rodeo hit them up and tell them reach out to me let's get connected because we don't have to limit this to 10 podcasts in 10 days i just want to make sure we get at least 10 so um i'm open to conversations with anybody in las vegas and and to be completely candid they don't even have to be involved in rodeos so uh hit me up let me know what you what you think about the podcast so pretty excited about this one guys i I think you're going to enjoy this you'll hear us in the conversation and then you know as typically happens with friends we just keep setting and, and chatting so 
We just jumped back in, hit the record button again. So you'll hear us in the podcast, but don't hit the stop button because we keep rolling. We come back and we start it up again and, uh, you know, we, we talk about a couple of extra things. So uh, enjoy this one. I hope you guys do. I really enjoyed sitting down and for the first time really getting to, to visit quite a bit with Wade. I, I've known Matt for quite some time and a dear, dear friend, a guy that is extremely passionate about everything in Western sports and in, in the Western lifestyle, um, cares tremendously about the animal athletes and where the sport of rodeo is going in the future. And I think you guys will understand that. And obviously, same can be said for Wade, for Wade Sankey. So, um, yeah, that's it. I told you I'm going to keep these intros short, sweet, and to the point. So here it is. Here's my conversation with Sankey Pro Rodeo and Phenom Genetics. Are they combining forces? Well, here's the guys that tell you all about it themselves. Matt Sharping and Wade Sankey. We want to talk about like I know, but I, <laughs> I want I want you guys to be comfortable. I just I just asked the question. I said, "What do you guys want to talk about?" I mean, obviously we're going to talk we're going to talk rodeo. I, I first of all, Wade Sankey, Wade, glad to have you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um no stranger to the National Finals Rodeo. How long have you been coming here? I've been coming here my whole life. Yeah. Uh, the first time we brought horses to the nfr was in 82 so i've been here forever wait a minute were you here in 82 i didn't get here till 84 i was gonna say there's no way because i'm an 84 model that's so what that i was gonna say tough. you couldn't have been born yeah. in 82 yeah. okay so you've been coming every every year yeah essentially yeah this is this year we broke the 400 mark on nfr stock selection really yeah so we've brought over 400 Congrats. Pet animals here. That's cool. You have any idea how many, like how many are in that group? Uh, we were kind of talking about it, and then people have brought up some questions and wonder who's got the most. And it's got to be, it's not us. We can't have the most by any means. But I think we got to four hundred pretty quick. Right. So well, and and it's funny because we talk about buck off streaks in the world of bull riding so often, and you don't really notice that they're happening until. All of a sudden, there's this huge number, and then it becomes really significant. Now, it's got to pique your interest to see, okay, you know, where are we at in the grand scheme of things? Because your family's been synonymous with this rodeo and rodeo and Western lifestyle in general for a long time. Yeah, and we would have never came up with that number, right. but we DNA registered some horses, and, and they checked on everything, and that's what brought it to my attention. One thing you should have checked on was the guy sitting next to you. You should have done a little bit more background research matt sharping matt uh your first nfr yeah it's first one pretty exciting but obviously not the first time you've brought in bulls to las vegas most people know matt phenom genetics um i don't know you've had a couple of bulls that were okay yeah in your just, little time frame just some average animals <laughs> probably i mean i i don't know it's it's probably no secret that uh airtime's been probably the most uh, recognized bull name that you've yeah. been associated with? Yeah, he was. Uh, that was a very special animal. Uh, he was really a once in a lifetime animal. So uh, you know, it's all just all downhill from here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the case because you've raised a couple that uh, are are pretty. Yeah, no, it, pretty studly. It's it's all good. You know, airtime was early on in our career in stock contracting, and and he was such a special animal. We we're very blessed because of that. Um, you know, and it took me a little bit to get over the fact of, you know, how, how good he was and, you know, that all animals are not going to live up to the same expectation that I had with him. Um, but we have great animals in their own right, you know, Bad Beagle and just retired Magic Train, but 
uh, Arctic Assassin. We got some new young bulls coming too. You know, some of those airtime sons are starting to show up. Airborne made his first uh, PBR finals. Uh, you know, out out of the first calf crop we ever had out of airtime, they're four year olds, and I had five calves, and two of those made the PBR finals this year as four year olds. So that was a pretty. They're not their dad, but they're they're pretty good. But forty percent of the calf crop made it to the the elite level in that in that world. Yeah, so we're we're pretty happy with them. I, I you should be. <laughs> I, and I love this um, this friendship here. We'll talk a little bit about that if we can. But I want to start with with Wade because Wade, you really didn't have a choice. Like rodeos in your blood. Yeah, your was, family's been doing this a long time. Yep, I'm a born and raised truck driver. Born and raised truck driver. <laughs> How did how did your family? I mean, do you know the backstory, like where it all started for the Sankeys? Yeah, so it started with my dad Ike and his brother Lyle. They won their entry fees paid at a junior rodeo. They they'd never entered a junior rodeo, but they won a horse show, and that paid their entry fees to this junior rodeo. So they thought they should go home and learn how to practice. Wait, really? Learn how to so, ride buckets. So it was a horse show. It, it was a horse show that yeah. got them involved. Yeah, and the funny thing about the story is they go get some practice animals and they're going to learn how to do this rodeo deal and it goes on for a little while and then they show up to the rodeo and they're kind of talking to each other like well look at these idiots they've got their shoot gates on backwards that's that's how much they knew about <laughs> they it they didn't know anything they didn't know nothing but that's where it came from they just owned practice horses and one thing led to another thing and it ended up being ike that took it to the next level and and here I am. Do you know, like, what time frame that was? Like, uh, around? I don't know. It's got to be right around the, like, 1910, 12 area, something like that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know that. It's, it's been a minute. But, I mean, I remember when I first got into rodeo, you know, the, that Sankey name. That name is a name that is, is synonymous in the, in the world of rodeo. I mean, the resume... Um, and, and the respect that that name carries, you're obviously uh, probably pretty honored to continue that. Oh, absolutely. Everybody talks about, you know, everything that Ike did, and, and he's, it's always going to be Ike's deal, and it's my job just not to screw it up. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like being in a race and being so far out in front of everybody that it's like, okay, it's just yours not to lose. You basically just took the baton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's anything you got to do, you got to make it better. So it was in a pretty good position when I got it, and and now that Matt's part of it, and we've got a lot of other things working, it's it's growing. It's fast, easy though. to say that it's somebody else's baby, but it's also pretty easy to notice like how hard it is. Like it's a job, and, and it takes a lot of work, and to maintain a consistent level of of quality, I mean, you've done a fantastic job. This guy has a completely different story about how he got... I mentioned that it's your first national finals rodeo, but let's talk a little bit about your background because you didn't start out rodeoing when you were a kid. No, not unless uh, driving race cars and selling tools had something to do with the rodeo, but I'm pretty sure it didn't. No, I didn't I didn't grow up with anything to do with rodeo or bull riding or any of that stuff. I, it's, uh, you know, growing up in Minnesota, it isn't exactly... Uh, rodeo country or bull riding country so it was it was something different um you know i i had a tool business i was selling tools and and uh drove a lot of race cars and did that deal and and i was actually uh looking i had went to uh, michigan with my job with the tool business and realized i really missed the animal side of things and and how much i loved animals and 
And I thought, well, I'm going to go and get a horse for my daughter and board it out here. Well, in that process, I ran across a Bucking Bull website, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I, when I eventually was going to get to move home, I wanted to do something with cattle, but I wanted something different. And, and uh, so I, I'm like, man, who raises them? Where do they come from? And yeah, that's uh, that's 12 years ago that that happened. And, and has it really been that long? Yeah, it's been that long. So when did you first come to the PBR? Do you remember? Uh, well, I first started coming to the PBR in gen- like just a regular season event. Would have been oh, what would it have been? I Probably. Don't know. I 20, asked the question. You're supposed to have the answer. Maybe 2012 was my yeah. when I started with the PBR stuff. Yeah. Well, and what a lot of people don't know is is you were there. You were the backbone. When when Jared Allen had his Pro Bowl team, I, I'm going to say this. That was all you. Like, you did all the work. You took care of the Bulls. You got the Bulls there. You you were that Pro Bowl team. Yeah. I said that. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. I did. I mean, it was, it was a uh, – I had – I had had Bulls before Jared and I partnered up right. for the Jared Allen Pro Bowl team. So that was uh, Jared, uh, you know, that all started out just because I wanted to raise money for charity. I was making my living selling tools and and uh, had went through a pretty rough stretch in my life. And I, uh, I was making money back on the tool truck and I wanted to, any money that the bull business was going to make, I wanted to give to charity. And that's how I ran across Jared is because I really respected what his charity was, which is Jared Allen's Homes from the Warriors, and respect what it does, building homes for soldiers coming back with disabilities. So that's how, literally, I hunted Jared down. I didn't know Jared before. I hunted Jared down to raise money for his charity. Um, and that's, we became friends, and, and then, you know, we, we decided to start this, uh, you know, the Jared Allen's Pro Bowl team at the time, and and it, it was really good. You know, that's that's where... You know, I wouldn't have been able to afford to do it without Jared. You know, with uh, I may have done all the work, but Jared obviously put up some cash. You know, to make this work, because going and buying a bull like Airtime and a bull like Magic Train was not going to be in my budget. So it was it was great because we worked well together. Uh, he might have had a couple extra dollars, and and I had a little bit of extra work to do. You you had a lot of extra work too. So, uh, you know. Because I've been to Arlington, Minnesota. It gets cold as hell up there. I, I don't lie. I'd never last. And and where are you at? We're based out of Joliet, Montana. Yeah, see, okay, the same thing. It's just too cold. My fat butt needs to hibernate down in Oklahoma. But And I think that this is part of what people don't understand. Even hardcore rodeo fans don't understand how difficult it can be just getting through the winters. You know, especially up north with the snow, the ice, the just the cold weather. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of it's a lot of hard work to keep this thing going. Well, they don't write songs about bankers. <laughs> that's that's actually the best way you could put it, because there's nothing that's ever connected like hard work. And this rodeo business, everybody, me and Joe Frost were talking earlier this week, and everybody sees these guys and sees the stock show up for ten days in December, but they miss the other 355 days where it's. A lot of miles. It's a lot of you know sleepless nights. It's a lot of waking up early to get everything fed, going to bed late because you had to feed. There's a lot more to it than just showing up. Yeah, and and above and beyond that is all the ranch duties. Yep. You got to fix fence. You know, if you, if you got any irrigation, you got to do that. It's uh, 
yeah, it's it's endless. Well, let me let me give you a little piece of advice when it comes to like that stuff, like fixing fence and all that work. I know a guy that is pretty handy. Like he he can get a good deal on tools, <laughs> or at least he used to be able to get a good yeah, deal on used tools. Used to is a keyword. Right yeah, there. I was gonna say we kind of forgot about all that. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned you drove some cars too. And I also know that that bug kind of bit you a little bit not too terribly long ago. But talk to me about your car racing days. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's that's all I knew. So I, when I first started racing, it was I was 15. I was, you know, working. And it was working just to generate enough money to go race because my, uh, my dad was kind of a hard ass, which I really appreciate now, you know. And, and it was like, if you want to do that, you're going to go figure out how to pay for it. So... It started with that, but it kept me out of a lot of trouble. I mean, I'd, I'd go to school, then I'd go to work, and then I'd go work on my go-kart at the time, you know, and, and it kept me out of a lot of trouble. But it, it opened up a lot of doors, and, you know, a lot of the things that motorsports is a little bit different, um, very similar demographic to bull riding, rodeo, all this stuff, but it's, a, uh, it's different in the fact of the corporate deal, the corporate side of it. So that's why, like, our, you know, everything we do is a little bit going to be a little bit different than what some of the other guys who have grown up with this and how they work it. Um, but in racing, you, you can't afford to go do it if you don't have sponsors and, and have some, you know, have companies that you can promote and do a good job of promoting those companies. There's a, there's a big misconception on that. A lot of people always ask me like, how do you get these sponsors? How do you do this? I said, you have to make sure that it's, it what you're doing is right and that you're taking care of your sponsors it's a relationship yeah it's a partnership you got to make sure it works both ways yeah it's definitely a two-way street so many guys especially that we see in this industry they're like hey how much are you going to pay me to put your brand on my shirt well you know what are you going to do for me exactly it, it's it's a two-way it's street two-way street you know he came from from the power tool and the motorsports world was there ever a doubt that you were going to end up doing what you're doing right now Oh. Or did you ever have dreams or aspirations to go outside of the world of rodeo or do something different? Well, I've done a lot of stuff. I've built some log houses for a little while. I tool leather. I've done that um, kind of on the side when I can. But, no, I mean, this is this is the family business, and it's always been the end game. You know, this is the goal. This is what I want to do, and I'm enjoying the process. I think there's a lot to be said for that, and I think that's a big part of what our society's missing as a whole is to follow in the suit of, of like what our parents did. You know, I wanted to go play college baseball because my dad played college baseball. And then I remembered that I suck at baseball, so that wasn't going to work. But, you know, when, when you can put the work together and you can keep going forward and carry on a tradition like that, it, it just changes. It, it changes what is, quote, unquote, a job. When you stop and you think about it, like there's a lot more to it than just going to work. Yeah, it's and it is going to work, but it's – it's your hobby too. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you get to deal with bucking horses. Right. I always say that I don't work. I, I mean, I get paid to travel. That's the hardest part of what I do is to go to an airport and check in from one airport to a hotel and then back and forth. I don't. I don't even mind the miles. Airports, huh? That'd be kind of cool. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah, that would be yeah. great. That is, like our carry-on. <laughs> that is the difference, though, and that's a major difference because people focus so much on the athletes as far as the Cowboys or the Cowgirls, not so much the Cowgirls and Rodeo, but a lot of the guys, even the bareback riders, they can fly, you know, bronc riders, they can fly from one spot to the next sometimes. But if you're a stock contractor, 
That luxury's not there. No. You've got to put the miles in. Yeah, that's part of what we do. And you guys are talking about like talking about work. You know, to me this isn't this isn't a job. This is truly a lifestyle. There's there's no days off. I mean, you there's responsibilities every day and some of those responsibilities are driving. Some and there's things that you have to do that sometimes maybe are not your favorite thing of 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 the whole process of what we do, but it's things that need to get done and you don't complain about it you just get it done because the you got to look at the big picture we could have to have real jobs yeah. <laughs> and we ain't good at anything else. i i promise you that is not something that's ever been on my radar yeah. a real job quote unquote real job i say that jokingly i was working a real job when i started announcing full-time and i remembered that uh my dad told me one time when i was a kid that i better make a living with my mouth because i damn sure wasn't going to work for it <laughs> and so he can never say that that i didn't listen um You've been fortunate enough to, you know, you've been to Cheyenne, you've been to all the big rodeos. What really sticks out? Like, what's the one thing outside of coming to Vegas for 10 days in December that you're like, I could I could maybe do without everything else, but that one thing, that's the one thing that really, uh, that I look forward to. As far as events? Anything. Uh, I could do without rodeo, but I could not do without bucking horses, like bucking colts at home and finding out what they are and what they're going to become when you've raised them that's the coolest thing ever i always told everybody if i ever won the lottery you'd never see me ever again unless i invited you to the house that's all i do is stay home and buck horses i'd invite all my friends and one guy that we didn't like so we could pick on him (laughs) you got to have somebody to get on them exactly but but that's it you've got to have a passion for it and when your passion is something like bucking horses i say that all the time if people could see what happens before and after the show, those are the things that I enjoy. I enjoy just sitting in the locker room with the guys or, or sitting at the hotel, you know, shooting the breeze or whatever. To me, that those are the special moments that I look forward to. Same for you, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. The people are great. That's, that's always going to be one of the best parts about rodeo is just how good all of the people are, and especially the relationships you build with the contestants and the committees that you work for and the sponsors and announcers and everybody else too it's just it's lifelong friendships that you'll never ever be able to go without did that surprise you at all when you kind of got into the western world uh yeah it actually did you know the uh racing a lot of good people there's a little bit more uh if you will a little bit more chippiness or, or whatever in in that um but you know get getting into the bull riding side of things it, it was different and getting into rodeo is a lot different. How so? Uh, just a different feel. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, probably the biggest thing, like, what I was amazed at is this summer going rodeoing for the first time was how appreciative the committees were that you were there and, and taking care of, you know, it's not just you bringing animals. They're, they're like, actually happy to see us, yeah. you know, and... And, uh, you know, it's just it's a different different feel than just the bull riding world, really. It's funny because Joe Frost and I talked about it earlier this week, the difference between rodeo and PBR. And so many people get in that whole piss and match of one versus the other. And I was born a rodeo fan. I work every single PBR event all season long. I'm the biggest bull riding fan there is, but I'm the biggest rodeo fan there is in Las Vegas, right? That never changes. I don't care. I just I enjoy things that continue to build our industry as a whole. There's there's a spot for everything. There's there's 
people, like you said, people get, you know, the, the competitiveness of PBR versus the PRCA. There's a spot for everything. It's two, we're, we're talking apples and oranges in reality. Um, it's just two different things and not saying one's right and one's wrong. There's just differences. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to go and appreciate being able to see and appreciate both yeah. associations with that. hundred percent. If you had to, if you had to give it up right now and, and go do something else, what would it be? Oh, I'd go tool leather. That's it. Yeah, just build saddles, boots, belts. You strike me as a guy that doesn't mind being by himself. (laughs) 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 I've been accused of that before, believe it or not. I'm not saying if it's true or not. And I don't don't mean that in in a negative way at all, because when you get a microphone out of my hand and I'm not at an event, I am... I'm completely opposite of who I am at when we're in an arena. I mean, complete opposite. I don't mind not talking to anybody. Yeah. I don't mind not leaving my place. Yeah. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. And I would imagine being in Montana, it's probably even harder to leave that little little spot of heaven up there. Yeah, we, we got a pretty good spot. There's not a lot of people around, and so it's easy to be by yourself. It sounds amazing. Yep. <laughs> I live outside of a town of about 300 people. I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm much better with that than I am being in the middle of Las Vegas. Yep. Arlington, Minnesota, the big booming metropolis that you're in. Oh, yeah, man. 2,300 people. Is it, is it, is <laughs> yeah, it that it, many people? It is that big. It, <laughs> that small, that big, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, they're about 2,300. But, it's uh, you know, the difference for us is it's just not at all rodeo or bull riding country. So, it's, you know, everybody looks at us a little bit cross-eyed because they're like, man, what are you doing? And what are you doing here, you know? But that's home. That's where I grew up. That's, you know. That that's home, and that's that's where we're based out of. I gotta assume that you don't have a whole lot of close neighbors. Like you don't have a whole lot of people right there close to you. I, I, I have no idea. So. Yeah, we got a few neighbors around there. We're not completely secluded. We're not in Jordan, Montana, so <laughs> it's, but could be worse. And the reason I bring that up is is do people around you know and understand the significance of like the horses that they'll see running through through Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, on Instagram the other day, I was scrolling down through there, and I saw some pictures of our horses from the county road, and I thought, well, who is this guy? wonder if he knows. And yeah, then yeah. Went to read down through there, and he'd, he'd tagged us and said, oh, I love cool. living here, I love these horses. We used to have, when we lived in Wyoming, we used to have our mares and colts turned out by a little county road there, and people just come drive and look at mares and baby colts and like we had a stud that would chase cars yeah um, really yeah he it's amazing that they get these big personalities and and you know yeah. hey they might really think that they're protecting the place and i think he was yeah so um but yeah everybody talked about that it was a major deal people would just come just come out there and just look at them do you and, think, and they knew what it was do you think people in arlington drive by and they're like that's magic train or that's high test, you know, like like that bull's on TV. Yeah, you know, we we get a lot of people that just roll up on our yard, you know, because they, they can't see. The we do too, but we have to call the cops because they're on meth <laughs> where I live. Yeah. yeah, well, I hope I don't have much of that. But, the uh, yeah, we get people to come up all the time. We always take them back there and let them see the animals or whatever if they want. And um, It's just, it's, it's, it is an oddity, you know, where we're at. You know, we get... They can get up and see the cows and calves and stuff and, and uh, along the road, but that's about it. And So it is, you know, people do love the, the most important thing, I think, and Wade and I have talked a lot about this, is people connecting with the animals, the fans. And it, it's pretty cool when the fans can 
be around the animals, learn, you know, see them in their natural environment, environment where they're pretty relaxed, pretty laid back. You know, they're just they're just big lazy animals most of the time, and and you know, being around being around them in that state, people really get to realize that these animals are bred to do a job. No different than a dairy cow's bred to do that, or a you know a, a a trail horse, you know, or, you know, a racehorse, any of that stuff's bred to do what their job is, or dogs. I mean, I always compare them to dogs. It's like a really good canine officer, a really good, uh, you know, hunting dog or cattle dog. The animal knows when it's time to do their job, and they get excited to do their job. And that's the same thing with these animals, whether it's the horses or the bulls. They get, you know, they're they're easy to be around, but when it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work, and they really love what they do. It's so funny because... You know, they they have a job. They're born to do this. Uh, it, it's not like they. You and I talk about this a lot. We have so many people that have misconceptions. They're uneducated. They don't know, but they've got it in their mind that this is what happens, and they think that anytime they see these animals, that that's what's happening. I saw Dan Henderson and talked to him yesterday, standing right here, and he didn't punch anybody. I never saw him punch anybody the whole time he was here. Okay, so, but I've seen him get in a cage and just beat the ever-living shit out of people. Like, everybody has a certain purpose and a certain job to do, and these animals are no different. No, it's, these guys, it's so much fun. You, you know they love it when, if you go to load up and one doesn't get to get on the truck and he gets physically upset because he knows he's not getting to go to perform. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a different deal. It's, you know, you watch the horses when they go to load up and you head and tail the horses on, the, on a truck and... They just stand there and wait because they know they're getting to go. You know, it's there's nothing. If, if an animal doesn't want to buck, there is nothing that we can do to make them do that. Yeah. I mean, that they do it because they want to. They they stand in that, you know, 12 by 12 pen at the, at the arena because they want to. Because if they didn't, they'd leave. They're not going to stay there. So the animals are bred to do what they do, and, and it's just our job to take really good care of them. Have you had certain ones that, like, you just kind of – connected with a little different because i see so many people and when i had bulls back in the day like i had a couple that were pets that i just i i don't know i just i connected with that i i just enjoyed seeing them a little different oh yeah absolutely i mean we we used a stallion called wild strawberry for a long time and a lot of his colts have got a lot of personality there's one called blues man that is is maybe not nfr quality but a very good solid horse in both events and matt is in love with him Really? Absolutely in love with him. That is the coolest horse. I just, I love everybody. You know what's funny is when, when I started, or you know, when Wade and I partnered up to do this deal, everybody's like, man, I don't know if you're going to like, you know, rodeo, and you've never been around bucking horses. You have, you know, all, everybody telling you what you can't do and what you're not going to like. It's like, there's a few things that I learned. Number one, I love bucking horses. Mm-hmm. I think they're such a cool, majestic animal, and they're a lot like the bulls where they each got their quirky personality, and Blues Man is... He's so funny. Like he'll come walk right up to you. He's not wanting you to pet him, but he's gonna get like three inches from your nose to smell you and 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 just stand there and look at you. You know, it's just it's amazing. Uh, the animals are just so cool. I had a guy tell me a long time ago that if if you're doing this for any other reason, you truly love the animals, don't do it. Best advice I ever got. And it's the same thing with rodeo. You know, it's like that is uh, being around the animals. The the bucking horses are they're unbelievably smart. Uh, Wade always talks, and he touched on this as far as how smart they are over a, a saddle horse is insane. Um, but they're they're just such a cool animal. Well, you 
mentioned a partnership there, and I think a lot of people may be learning for the first time here during the National Finals Rodeo. How did this come together? I mean, it's not like you guys are just buddies hanging out in Vegas. That is true, but but you guys now have a, a partnership. You're on the same team. Yeah, I made one phone call, Shane Proctor. Yep. I needed a good set of bulls, and I thought he would be a great guy to ask. And, and two he minutes, led you towards Matt. Yeah, I didn't even get to call Matt. Yeah. By the time I got back in my pickup, and Shane had already talked to Matt, and Matt called me. And it was done. It was instant. Um, it took five minutes, and it's all because of Shane Proctor. I hate to say that anything's because of Shane Proctor <laughs> in a positive well, way. Yeah. <laughs> Accidents do happen. Well, accidents do happen because all morning long I've been with the sports med guys and they've been watching the video of his now wife at my gym falling on the treadmill while he just looked at her. Exactly. And oh how did gosh. they get it on video? Uh, That's what I want to know. It's amazing. I got it. I went back to the security footage and I will forever have that as a reminder yeah. of, you know what? Don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, that but is priceless. It, you guys are pretty close. Shane's a good dude. Yeah. We went to college together uh, in his wedding. Um, yeah, we're, we're good friends, and Haley is working quite a few of our rodeos again this summer, so it's we get to hang out with Shane and Haley, Yeah, and she does a people. great job. And they live in maybe the most beautiful part of the world, right there around Delaware, Oklahoma. They're my neighbors yeah. now. It's crazy. But, um, okay, so you're getting to try something new. You spent the summer out on the road. Cheyenne, you and I spent some time together there. Um, it's a whole different world. Oh, it's 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 so much fun, though, and, you know, it's – it's it's a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts, but you know me well enough to know that I like to be busy. Yeah. I, li- I like I like that stuff. I like learning new stuff. I still have a I have a ton to learn. I have a ton to learn about the bull business, let alone the rodeo business. You know, it's uh, I always uh, I'll never know enough as far as I'm concerned. So it's but I love that. I love learning the new things and and what makes you know why Wade breeds, you know, what horse to what horse and, and the breeding side of it and just how the running the rodeos and, and everything that they do, you know, it's, it's been an amazing experience. I've learned a lot. I still have a lot to learn, but it's, it's been awesome. You're getting to do everything I want to do as an announcer. You're now you're getting to seriously, as much as I bitch about wanting to get home and man, I, I, you know, I just want to get home for a few days. It's different. I would love to be able to just get behind the wheel and spend time seeing the country. And It'd you guys are getting that to do that. Issue. What's that? It'd solve that flying issue. <laughs> That's 100%. You got your CDL? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I never will. Nice try. Though. I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's plenty of bullfighters out there that do, though. Uh, it's, it is. It's interesting. You do get to see a lot of places and, and do a lot of different stuff. Um, and that's, that's part of what we love, too. I mean, it's, it, you're, the summer run is so much fun because it's hard to find a more beautiful place on earth than, you know, the Montana, Wyoming, you know, up north in the summertime, which is, it is awesome. Um, you know, that was, this wasn't lined up exactly for me to be actually the one on the truck going and doing the rodeo run. Um, but things happen in life and, and that's how it was set up, you know, where, where I had to go and do it. And, and it was the best, you know, good Lord works in mysterious ways. And, and it was set up to do that because I would have never known how much I truly enjoyed it if I didn't go and do it myself the first time. And, you know, so it's it's something, you know, my wife and I, and I couldn't do everything without, you know, our family support because it is, it can't, you know, everybody asks my wife, how do you put up with him? <laughs> because I'm gone for, you know, three months out of the summer and we go rodeoing and that's that's what we do. But it's it takes a whole team effort, but it, it is, it's, it's a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of stuff, learn a lot of stuff. 
It's been good. I've talked a lot this week uh, on this podcast about goals. What's the long-term goal or what's the big goal for Sankey Pro Rodeo? Uh, the big term, the long-term, the end game for Sankey Rodeo is, is to step out of the little tiny box that Rodeo is in and make it better. So bring more people to Rodeo is the end game. That's it. And, and I say this every time I get into this conversation. And to me, that's the number one thing that's wrong with Western lifestyle in general is I, I think we've all been to the Calgary Stampede. Yep. And we've noticed that when there's 200,000 people come through the gates on a single day, 25,000 will go into the rodeo. But almost each one of those 200,000 will have some sort of a cowboy hat on or they've went and bought a brand new pair of boots that they'll wear one time, or they've went and bought a shirt that looks like a tablecloth because they think it makes them look like a cowboy. And here, we kind of turn our nose up at that. But in Calgary, they welcome it because they know that it's getting more eyeballs onto the stampede. And I think that that's where we we mess up a lot. I want It's like church to me. I want to bring in the sinners. I want to bring in the saints. I want to bring in everybody to see what I'm passionate about. I think the big thing what people outside of our industry don't understand is is once people come they come to a rodeo they come to a bull riding they do whatever it is once you realize who we are who all of us are whether it's uh, the riders the contractors you know all the contract help um, that when they realize what 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 it's founded on that's about I mean literally about God and country. I mean, this is a, this is a throwback sport. This is a sport of you know man versus beast, if you will. It's America, and, and yeah, and and when people, I think that there's a lot of people that are looking for that right now, and I think that's why you're seeing the growth. And we can always do better. We can always grow more. But I think I encourage people that haven't seen it, come and check it out. You know, see what this is about, because it's something that that is uh, everybody's very passionate about. Everybody's very accessible. I don't. We don't care if you connect with an animal, a rider, a, you know, whatever it is. Come and connect with something in what we do. I don't care if you're coming to drink beer with your buddies and have a good. To me, that's just as important because you've got a place that you feel comfortable doing that. And if the relationship isn't necessarily with the sport and it's with the people that you're surrounded by, come on and, and try it at least once. Yeah. The what has always kept rodeo where it is, as far as. To the level that it is now is the social gathering of every individual rodeo. Dillon, Montana is a great example. It's Montana's biggest weekend. It's two days over Labor Day, and it's fun. I mean, everybody comes to that rodeo for the fun. They don't care what they're watching in the arena. They they come for the entertainment part of it. One of my favorite things in the world is I get to go to Altus, Oklahoma, and do the pro rodeo there. And there's a big Air Force base right across the street from the rodeo arena. Every year... I get hundreds of people that have never been to a rodeo before, and they're only coming because the Air Force base gave them tickets to come and made them a part, you know, made them a part of the festivities. But they leave there going, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to go to another one. It's, it's my favorite thing to see new people come and actually see what it's all about because, again, it goes back to, I mean, don't knock it till you try it, but once you try it, like, you're going to be hooked. Exactly. Yeah, people, people don't are usually not a not, uh, novice fan, if, if yeah. you will. You know, once they see what it's about, they become a very passionate fan, and uh, that's what we love about this sport. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I want to throw a couple of curveballs at you real quick. I'll start with you because I know that you're just dying to answer some crazy questions. Uh, celebrity encounters, they happen all the time. You, you're laughing. Um, celebrity encounters happen out here at the NFR all the time. Like We've watched so many of them just kind of fly under the radar. Not here, but anywhere. If like there's one person that you could meet, a quote-unquote celebrity, who would it be? Well, I met you, so oh, I'm shit. good now. Shit. Uh, real life, though. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's not really a celebrity type of guy, but um, if I got to pick somebody, Sam Elliott. Yeah? Probably be it. I yeah. wish I had his voice. I'd be a lot more comfortable in life. A lot wealthier, too. And I'd probably be a hell of a lot better looking, too. What about you? Oh, man, yeah. I don't know. I, I respect, uh, like, Sylvester Stallone, honestly. I mean, just because I, I have a lot of respect for someone where people told him they couldn't do something, yeah. and and he took it to a whole nother level. I'm not really much of a celebrity guy either, but I, I have a ton of respect for anybody who goes and does it on their own like that. Can I brag for a second? I got you to already hang with Stallone. <laughs> I got to hang with him. Yeah. Spent, spent actually spent quite a bit of time with him and his family. Uh, his daughters were mutton busters back in the day. Little known secret. Wow. They told me that. I think that's what they said. I don't know. They're pretty hot. I was just l- kind of trying to listen a little bit. <laughs> trying to listen. But, trying to listen. But Rocky's a bull riding fan. I Nobody know. would have ever thought that. Yeah, but it fits, just it like fits. we're talking about. It does, because it's the basic foundation of hard work, determination. Tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. Yep. Guys, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this. And, and when Shane was telling me there in my office, and then you, you and I talked about it, um, I'm excited because I think that the two of you are going to be a pretty good fit. And, and I'm excited about not what you guys can accomplish uh, together, but what you guys can do for the industry as a whole. And I mean that wholeheartedly because the foundation that the Sankey name has already provided, and I know that this guy right here is as passionate as anybody that I've ever met that's been born and bred into it. And I think that together you guys are going to do big, big things for all of us. And I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate that as well. Well, good luck, guys. Um, hey, uh, what's next? Well, I mean, what's next? Come on, you gotta you got to roll out something big. Round four, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Got a bareback. <laughs> Just take it one round at a time. Yeah, we got a bareback horse out tonight, Sozo and Ty Brewer. Uh, last time he had her was in Mandan. He won first. I don't remember how many points, but should be good. Predictions? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not from this guy. Uh, I love it. Well, guys, congratulations on the partnership. Uh, thanks for taking the time. I know it's busy, busy couple of days here uh, in Vegas, so I appreciate you finding the time to sit down and, and, and chat it up with me. Wait, it's big. Social media. I can't get out of here without uh, finding out social media. So if there's, we have, believe it or not, there's actually a lot of people that listen to this podcast that aren't quote unquote rodeo fans or bull riding fans. And I'm learning more and more about that and people that are getting into it because they stumbled onto this shitbox podcast and and then they started listening to some of it and they were like, okay, well, we're kind of intrigued. I get that uh, quite a bit. So if they're not already on social media following, how do they find out more about you guys? Uh, you can go on to uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Sankey Pro Rodeo, okay. and Phenom Genetics. Okay, that's simple. Two, they're two different pages. Okay. So you've got to look them both up. But we're Sankey Rodeos, the horse page, lots of rodeos, um, lots of lots of ranch stuff. You know, we, we post our daily lives at home and 
try to keep it as rounded as we can. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you, Pro Rodeo, Phenom Genetics, uh, Wade, Matt. Thank you, guys. Again, I, I appreciate it. I really do mean that. Thanks for having us. You bet, guys. Enjoy it. All right, we start. We started rolling again. We thought the podcast was over. It's not because you brought up something. So uh, the continuation <laughs> of this conversation, Matt, and, and it's funny that you bring this up because <laughs> I seem to recall a lot of stories from Shane Proctor's wedding. Uh, you partnered with a, a, a rising country music sensation. Man, we <laughs> the first time and songwriter, songwriter. <laughs> yeah, also. I had the, no idea the you were songwriting songwriter. ability is pretty outstanding. So we went. Uh, the Sankey family puts on the pitching, which is bucking the three-year-olds, and he's like, "Man, you got to come out for that." And it was in June, so we came out and and whatnot, just see everything, kind of experience, you know, what was going on, and and we get done, and well, get sitting around a fire, and all of a sudden, Wade picks up a guitar. And then he starts singing, and I'm like, well, damn, I didn't realize you could do that. Not only does he do fantastic leather work, but then the, the singing's pretty damn good, too. Yeah, I'm not actually good at anything, but I can <laughs> do some You're good enough to get random by. Random stuff, yeah. yeah. I was never good at much, but I was good enough to get by, and that's really all you need. Hey, I wanted to start this again when you brought that up, because we talked about something. As soon as we, as, as soon as we hit the stop button... We started talking about the social media stuff and and the influence that it has, and I think we all kind of hit on something right now that we've all got to use it. We've all got to use social media because the people that are against Western sports and rodeo, they're using it for negative, so we have to, as an industry, start getting better about telling the real stories. Yeah, getting out in front of it, getting, you know, there's, people can contact... So when I got started, just a little backstory on social media and stuff. When I got started, I would ask a lot of people questions in the industry, and honestly, very few people would respond to me. Right. Like, man, this is just some kid doesn't know what you know. He's just kicking tires, do whatever. I really remember the people that responded to me, and to this day, I respond to every question that that I get because you never know when it's somebody who's doing the same thing I was doing and, and they just need someone to help give them a little bit of guidance give them a little bit of help but it's it takes up a lot of time but it's you know for the people who don't believe in what we do you're more than welcome as long as you're open-minded come and ask me a question and I've, we'll explain it I, I I've talked a lot about Clint McSpadden in my career and every chance I get to because to me Clint McSpadden was the pinnacle I mean he was the guy that told stories in our industry and he invited me to his house for dinner. He invited me to his office just to shoot the breeze. He would call me randomly. Um, I've never once reached out to Bob Tallman that he didn't answer or just randomly call me. Um, and when Bob Tallman starts chewing your ass because you're not liking his stuff on social media, you're not liking my Instagram, Maddie, you know, and stuff like that, then you know we're in a, a changing world. But I, I say all that to to reiterate what you're saying. Every young kid that comes up and says, hey, I want to be an announcer, how many of them are going to actually do it? Probably not all of them. But who am I to be the guy that turns somebody off from that industry, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what most social media has done for rodeo. And what it's about to do even more is that it makes everything so accessible. So if they've got questions, if they want a picture of an individual animal, I mean, it, it, it'll just grow. learn. 
yeah. to just learn more yeah. about it. Yeah, and, and learn more about the buck and horses individually. I mean, Beagle, um, he's got a bunch of superstars that right. should be social media superstars. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, like we talked about before, it's helping them connect with something. You know, and, and just what other sport can you go and, and go to watch that people are buying a ticket for um, that they can go and, and the people that are involved in the sport are that accessible? Yeah. It doesn't happen, you know, and that's, that, I think that's what people love about this sport, and, and I think that's one of the best things that we have going for us is that it is that way. I'm a football fan, but I don't think if I show up at Odell Beckham's house, he's going to show me his weight room and, and like his trophy room and all that. I, but you get that in our industry. Exactly. Well, okay. Anyways, we had to talk about his uh, budding music career while we had a chance. Yeah, you're going to have to find that on social media, and I hope nobody does. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, uh.